The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $10 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. Ross brought to you by Coors Light. Get mountain cold refreshment delivered straight to your door via Drizzly or Instacart by going to CoorsLight.com slash SGP. That's CoorsLight.com slash SGP. Ross brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. Ross brought to you by StableDuel. StableDuel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $40,000 with one entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to get started today. We're also brought to you by the SGPN app. In honor of Masters Week, we're giving away a tailor-made driver. Just go to sg.pn masters or click the contest link in the SGPN app. Welcome everyone to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Tuesday, April 5th, currently 1147, sorry, 1047 on the East Coast. The final week of the NBA regular season. A huge slate of games here on Tuesday night. We had a day off yesterday. No gains, maybe because of the national championship, but we'll get to that as well. But joining me to break down everything happening in the NBA, my main man, my co-host, the superstar of the show, Terrell Berman Jr. Terrell, how you feeling this uh, Tuesday evening, brother? Man, I'm feeling great. It is. We're here. We finally made it to the last week. Futures lie in wait. <laughs> I have a couple of them. I'm sweating. I was terrible in the futures department but we i've already told you to fade my futures so uh we're waiting to see a couple of them sweat at the end of this week and i'm excited for the playoffs this it seems like everything has been exactly what we asked for the nfl playoffs was great march madness was great now we're getting to the nba i can't wait to see what the nba got in store but it's it's, it look it looks bright it definitely looks bright yeah, hundred percent, man. NBA playoffs, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, I think every single series, every single matchup, even in the playing tournaments, is gonna be a lot of fun to watch. But we're gonna be here for it all playoffs long, as we usually will be breaking down the series, breaking down the plays, uh, player props, all that good stuff for the playoffs. But we still have one more week. There's still a lot of meaningful basketball left here, uh, Terrell. You know, figure out some standings. Um, you know, we're sweating out some future bets. I'm sweating out a few. Uh, I know we wanted to discuss, or I wanted to discuss our sharp off we had, but I know I think I went back and looked at it. And you were absolutely correct that we we're still sweating out some stuff, but a lot of games in the NBA tonight. Do you want to quickly go through March Madness and the national championship game before we dive into the NBA games? How, how did March Madness turn out for you? I mean, it was great because the UNC Duke rivalry is over. It's over. That's it. Oh. There's no. There's no rivalry anymore. You can't – there's literally nothing you can say. There's, there's nothing anybody from Duke can say. You, the most established head coach ever, ever in Duke <laughs> history went out 
ended his regular season with a loss to UNC, and he ended the Final Four, mm-hmm. ended March Madness, the NCAA tournament, with a loss to UNC. Yeah. The only thing that could possibly make this worse is if UNC bounced him out the ACC tournament as well. Yeah. And they better thank to whatever God they pray to that UNC did not win that championship off the back of Coach K yesterday. <laughs> because, oh, my gosh, I just there's literally nothing you could say. There's nothing that you could get in this rivalry that you could get that anybody from Duke could get off that could ever, ever top. Because you can't sit here and say, oh, yeah, we ended Roy Williams career. Yeah, you can't say that. There's nothing. There's literally nothing you can say, short of winning a championship for the next three years straight. Not even just one. You can't just win next year. No, you have to win the next three years straight to even think, even, even attempt to try to bounce back from this. Is this will never be bounced back from? Is no longer a rivalry. UNC won, like they won. <laughs> yeah, they, and, and it seemed like they did it fairly easily too. Like I, I mean, there were close games, but like everybody was had this narrative in the mind that oh. Coach K's last year, he's going to be in the national championship. They're going to they're going to win the whole thing for Coach K. But UNC had different plans, and they, yeah, you're right. They were the better team, so not much we can talk about there. Uh, UNC just took care of business against at least Duke, but Duke. But last night, great national championship game, great comeback by Kansas in the second half. Um, thoroughly, thoroughly did enjoy watching it as well. But um, NBA, Terrell, like you said last week, man, we're here. Anything you want to touch on before we dive into the games? Uh, just saw a note, shocker, or, or not a shocker, but the report came out Lakers and Frank Vogel are going to part ways after the season. No surprise there. Not much to get into there, but anything else that you want to kind of get really before we good. get into the games? I mean, he's really not that good of a head coach at all. Yeah, he's not. <laughs> to be honest. And, <clears throat> and when you know, it shows that AD and LeBron, and this happens with a lot of coaches, like their superstars carry them a couple of extra seasons than they probably should have had. And so with that situation, there's a lot wrong with the team. It's not just that. So Frank Vogel is just one piece that needs to fall, but they need to completely revamp that front office. They need to completely revamp the roster. Mm -hmm. And you're probably not going to get overnight success short of some other blockbuster trade that, probably isn't going to happen because I just don't understand how you could possibly move Russ's contract or who would be interested in taking his contract. But for the most part, they are fucked. (laughs) They're fucked for, for a good amount of time. So you better develop young talent, develop some guys possibly in the draft and develop, you know, like Malik Monk and Mm -hmm. Austin Reeves and guys like that to buy in on the other side of the ball and get more consistent on the offensive end. And that's probably the best shot you're going to get for the most part. So that's really all I have really have for the Lakers. Like they're just, they put themselves in this predicament and it's not anything new because they've done this for a number of years. And they've done this even when they had Kobe, they put themselves in these predicaments where they just don't know how to build a roster. And they were lucky to be overcome with, you know, that one year that Braun and AD were healthy for yeah. the whole season mm-hmm. and they were able to carry that team to eventually win a championship. So what Kobe did and Kobe being able to carry that team to winning championship. But the Lakers 
historically do not know how to build a roster at all. So this is nothing new. This is nothing new at all. So for me, enough Did, talking about the Lakers. Yeah, enough about the Lakers. No, what you, we, got? you, you got some? I no, mean, I was just going to mention that. Uh, I'm not sure if you saw what Magic Johnson was saying to Greeny about um, DeMar DeRozan wanting to come to the Lakers and come home. But the Lakers decided to go in a different different direction by bringing Russell Westbrook in. So he was just pretty much I saying think that. some of that's lip service. It, it could be, but I, I think I think, DeMar- I think some of that's lip service. Yeah, I'm not really. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't think I didn't think too deep. I didn't think deeply into that at all. Yeah. It made sense off the top of my head, but that stuff is more complicated than that. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of pieces to fall. You never know sure. what happened. Like you never know who. Say you did get Demar and you tried to ship a Kuzma. Who says that? You know the Kings are interested in a one-for-one swap with Buddy Hield and Kuzma. Mm-hmm. Like, who says they're interested in that, or that they even want to make that deal? Oh, they would have you been know, interested. Or they they, said, they traded Halliburton for Sabonis. They would have been interested. Yeah, but they traded Halliburton and Buddy Hield for Sabonis. Oh yeah, yeah, that's and, true. So yeah. I mean, so yeah, so it's just like who who says that they would have been interested? Who said they would have gotten a better offer? Or they wouldn't have said, all right, let's just hold out and wait for a better offer than just getting Kyle Kuzma. So I do think some of that stuff is lip service, and you know, Alice Caruso could easily have said, all right, I mean, you got Demar Rosen, but I'm still finna go sign for this bread. Like yeah. I'm still finna go get this bread. So that don't that don't mean nothing to me. I mean, yeah, we can run it back, but at the end of the day. You know, he could straight up be on his Matthew Devaladova shit and just say, nah, fuck all that. I'm finna go get paid. <laughs> so, I, and that's pretty much what everybody does. Like, all role players do with Braun. As soon as they get that ring, they're like, all right, fuck all that. I'm finna go get paid. And yeah. so, that's what makes it hard to have continuity on the team because everybody's like, oh, I got the ring. Like, I'm straight. And no fault mm-hmm. to them. I do the same shit. Go get your money. That's your family. That's your generational wealth. Go do that. Yeah. But, at the end of the day, it's hard to keep a continuity on a team like that, and you can't. So while what Magic said made sense, and while it did exactly what he was supposed to do by coming on to ESPN mm-hmm. and by getting views and getting clicks, he did exactly what he was supposed to do. I'm not really reading into that at all. I don't really think. I think that it's just a whole bunch of what ifs that you know. That's the perfect scenario, and I don't think the perfect scenario exists for this situation or what would have happened or could have happened. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, yeah, we're going to be talking about it a lot, Lakers a lot uh, after the season's over off season. It's going to be definitely interesting, but I think the first domino has kind of fallen there that to nobody's shock that Frank Vogel won't be uh, the f- coach of the uh, LA Lakers come next season. But Terrell, let's focus on what's left for this season. Uh, quickly, want to go through the standings here real quick before we get into the games here tonight. So it looks like Miami is probably going to secure that number one spot. Hey, don't jinx it. Don't jinx it. Okay. I'll, jinx it. Okay. Uh, they look, they are in control of the number one spot. I'll say that they have three games left, but they do have a two game lead over the Boston Celtics. And then uh, two, three and four are separated by half a game between the Celtics, Bucks and Sixers. And then on the Western Conference, it's just going to depend on who's going to be in that playing tournament. It's going to be the Utah Jazz or the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, in that they're kind of that battle for that six, seven spot. Jazz have a one and a half game lead over Minnesota right now. But, um, you know, most teams have about three to four games left here. So we'll monitor that as the week kind of progresses here. Um on the final week of the NBA regular season. So Terrell, let's do this. Let's take one quick break here. We'll come back and then we're going to dive into this huge NBA Tuesday night schedule. Looking for Las Vegas style casino fun? 
in the palm of your hand, look no further than WinBet, the premier online casino from the five-star Win Resorts properties. From classic table games to all the best slots and jackpots, WinBet has everything you need for the ultimate casino experience. Sign up today and receive a 100% first match up to $1,000. For sports bettors, win bet win hour from 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Better prices on select games. Anyone who has the win bet app is alerted right on the hour. Make sure to get down on the WinBet's $10 to win $200 promotion where a $10 bet qualifies for you up to $200 in free bets. There's so much to choose from and all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com to get started. Offer subsidies change, terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 years or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, Call 1-800-522-4700. In honor of the Masters, we're giving away a tailor-made driver. Just go to sg.pn slash masters or click on the contest link in the SGPN app. All right, coming off of the break, let's get into the schedule with this first game on the board. We have the Cleveland Cavaliers headed to Florida to take on the Orlando Magic, where the Cleveland Cavaliers opened as an eight and a half point favorite. Um, total opened up at 214 and a half. That number has stayed the course at eight and a half for the Cleveland Cavaliers here on the road. Total is up to 218 and a half, a four point move there. Starting to see some 219s pop up. Checking the injury report for both of the squads. Jared Allen, uh, on one website, I saw that he was questionable or game time decision, but on the official NBA injury report, I'm seeing that he's listed out. Evan Mobley's also out. And Dean Wade is also out for the Cavs. For the Orlando Magic, uh, Wendell Carter Jr. is out for this game. Jalen Suggs is questionable. Franz Wagner is questionable. And Cole Anthony also questionable with a left toe sprain. Um, Terrell, let's start with the side here. Let's call it minus eight and a half for the Cleveland Cavaliers visiting the Orlando Magic. Yeah, I'm... Probably gonna stay with the Cavs in this spot. Okay. Because ultimately, the issue with the Orlando Magic right now is that they're literally devoid of any offense. They are the worst scoring offense in the past five games. They're scoring 99.6% of their uh, points per game, mm-hmm. whereas the Cavs aren't too much better. They're 22nd out of 30 teams, but they're scoring. 111.6 points per game. So there's a big jump between what everybody else is scoring right. and then what the Magic are scoring. And it's also because the Magic are, one, in tank mode, two, in evaluation mode, because they have a, a ton of young talent that they need to evaluate and see who is going to do what for the remainder of the season. Mm-hmm. I am questionable about this line because it is the last week, and I do expect for this week for us to see random Joe Schmo come off the bench and drop 25, 30 points yeah. in a way of ending the season and trying to go out on a high note, even though his destiny is probably written in the sand by this point. So it makes me really hesitant to lay a lot of big numbers this week, but with the Cavs still in the situation that they're in, uh-huh. And the fact that they don't have anything locked up and they could very well find themselves as the eight seed 
by the end of this week, like they have not secured that seven seed and having that home playoff game for the play-in tournament, mm-hmm. I am um, I'm gonna lay the eight and a half. It's it's a little rich for my blood. I think that there is a possibility for like a somewhat of a backdoor cover because sure. I do think the Cavs still win this game and win this game pretty handily, but. There, I feel like there is a little bit of a room for a backdoor cover there, but I'm going to take my chances. I like Cleveland minus eight and a half. I think that they can route, especially if Jared Allen is coming back and he's starting to get healthy and they just, they're going to use their, that size with Wendell Carter out and just kind of muscle the Cavs on the inside, not the Cavs, but muscle the magic on the inside and just try to build their offense back up before this playing tournament. Cause that's really the biggest thing. They kind of lost their offense over the past couple of weeks with Jared Allen being out. out. They've been, try- they've been trying to fill the void, shout out Moses Brown, and he's been playing great, but it's still not what Jared Allen brings you not only on the defensive side of the ball, but offensively as well. So I'm going to lean Cavs minus eight and a half here. I think that they're going to try to wrap this up r- rather easily with the magic Plus the Magic, just they can't score the basketball right now. They're struggling. Yeah, these two teams matched up um, last Monday, actually, where the Orlando, sorry, the Cleveland Cavaliers won that game 107-101 on their home floor. But in that game, the Orlando Magic only scored 101 points, but they did have Franz Wagner. They did have Wendell Carter Jr., Cole Anthony in that game. And it seems like at least... Wendell Carter Jr. is out for sure. Maybe Franz Walker and or Cole Anthony may also be out for this game. So that was really pretty much their offense. And I think, yeah, you hit the handicap on the head that without those guys, they're just not scoring enough points right now. And I think Cleveland, they know that they are kind of in control of their own destiny, at least being in that seventh seed right now where they have a one and a half game lead over the Atlanta Hawks um, for that seventh spot right now. So kind of they're, Kind of looks like cemented into that seventh spot, but they just know that they got to win and, and get victories here. And again, like you mentioned with Orlando not having a lot of starters and a lot of guys that are coming in to prove something that they belong in the league or playing for a roster spot for next year. I just think that this Orlando team will be focused here tonight. I'm sorry, this uh, Cleveland team will be focused here tonight. Don't really like laying this many points on the road, but I, I just I couldn't get behind Orlando uh, in this spot. So I would lean with the Cavs as well. Um, do I know you mentioned Moses Brown and you and I both have been harping on him over this last week, filling in for Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. Uh, definitely keep uh, an eye on that injury report if he is going to be playing tonight. I know he did travel with the team, uh, did Jared Allen. So if he is able to go here tonight, um, maybe stay off of the uh, Moses Brown props. Not sure if there's going to be a minutes restriction. It's a finger injury, so it shouldn't be a big issue for Jared Allen. Um, any thoughts on the total here, Terrell? I feel like we're leading towards the under in this game uh, with the lack of offense that Orlando may have. Yeah, the lack of offense Orlando may have. I'm The only thing that's really scaring me is that Cleveland just finds themselves and Cleveland is able to get going. They've been slumping for the past month and some change and it's mm-hmm. been a direct correlation to jared allen being out so it very hesitant on it with the fact that i think that cleveland's offense can explode yeah i don't know where especially against this magic team especially against this magic team when they're on the road because orlando magic have been historically over the course of this season absolutely terrible on their home floor they have one of the worst ATS marks for anybody on their home floor. They're only covering about 31% of their game, about 30%, yeah, about 33% of their games on their home floor, and it's even worse as an underdog. So, yeah, I am concerned 
but if I had to make a play, I'd probably lean towards the under. All right. Uh, let's move it over to the next game of the night. We have the Philadelphia 76ers headed to Indiana to take on the Pacers, where the Sixers opened up as a 12.5-point favorite. Total opened up at 231. The spread has now ticked down a point to minus 11.5 for the Sixers. Total is up around up two and a half points here, settling around 233.5. Uh, checking the injury report for both of the squads. For the Sixers, pretty clean. No significant injuries there. For the Indiana Pacers, uh, Goga is questionable here tonight. Malcolm Brogdon, questionable. TJ McConnell is also questionable. The only player that is going to remain out is probably gone for the season is Chris Duarte for the Indiana Pacers. Uh, Terrell, let's start with the side here. Uh, we call it minus 11 and a half for the Sixers in Indiana here tonight. Uh, this feels like it should be a route by the Sixers. Yeah. It really should. The Indiana Pacers have been one of the worst defenses over the past week in yep. all of basketball. And a team total by the 76ers is not something that I would if like I you should you should bet that team total for the 76ers is, is essentially what I'm saying because mm-hmm. the Pacers are giving up anything. Like legs are wide open in Indiana. Absolutely wide <laughs> open for anybody that wants to go score to the basket. Absolutely wide open. And so I just feel like why this number has ticked down, I have no idea. My only issue is that Indiana is able to score. Like Rick Carlisle is just able to find ways to get guys to their spot and score the basketball. That's yeah. really the issue there. And aside from Matisse Thibel, I'm not really concerned about anybody defensively for this Indiana, not Indiana, but for this Philadelphia team. There's mm-hmm. nobody that really – now they've done great team defense-wise. they top 10 in points per game over the last five games. But versus an opponent like Indiana that I feel – can shoot the lights out if they if they get going and in a spot where I don't think that Philadelphia is getting up for this game at all, mm. especially on the road. This is one of the last couple of home games for Indiana. I think that we're going to see some fight for those guys. This is going to be another – this is actually the last home game for Indiana. So I think we're going to see some fight on their home floor. I really do. This is a little bit too rich for my blood. If it was closer to that eight and a half that I was getting with the Cavs, I probably would side with Philadelphia, but with 11 and a half, I'm going to reluctantly take the Pacers in this spot. I just don't want to lay that many number that much, that amount of points in this last week of the season in a game that really doesn't mean too, too much for the 76ers. Like you're splitting hairs between playing either the bulls or the Raptors for the first game of the playoffs. I don't think, and right now you're sitting, you have a matchup with the Bulls, and I think you would prefer that rather than playing the Raptors. So I'm not really concerned too much. I don't think that this means too, too much for Philly. If they win, they win. If, I'm pretty sure they're not going to go out here and try to blow them out or anything like that. They're probably trying to, hey, let's go ahead, get them out, get them out of here early, sit our guys, and that's a chance for Indiana to come through for the back door. So I'm going to ride Indiana 11 and a half. Yeah, uh, the Philadelphia 76ers 3-7 and seven against the spread over their last 10 games here um, in the regular season. They do have a game against Toronto on, uh, let's see, what's that, today's third, Tuesday. So they have a game against the Raptors on Thursday. Um, and then they have Indiana again uh, after that. So 
Uh, I like the angle that you just brought up that it's a, it is the last home game for the Pacers. So, you know, there may be some, a little giddy up there. Um, and I think that Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Hill can give some fits to this backcourt. I mean, we know James Harden doesn't play that great of defense. So maybe, you know, this might be a Halliburton game where he's able to carry uh, the uh, Indiana Pacers like he has been without Malcolm Brogdon. Um yeah, I think 11 and a half may be a little hair too high here, especially since they haven't covered a double-digit spread. And the last time they had a double-digit spread was against the Orlando Magic, and they only won that game by two points. Um, and then they had against the Lakers as well on March 23rd. They were a 10-point favorite, only won that game by five. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll lean with the, the Indiana Pacers here tonight, uh, as well, plus 11 and a half. Uh, as far as the total, I mean, there's only one way you can look here, Terrell. I think it's only the over, especially what, like you just mentioned, this Pacers team has been dead last in pretty much every single defensive category you can think of. Defensive rating, opponent field goals made allowed, opponent field goal percentage, three-point percentage. Um, but they do have scores on that side. So my lean uh, would be Sixers um, and this, sorry, this game to go over, but also do like Sixers team total, uh, like you mentioned as well. And the, the only thing uh, yeah. that... The only way, the only thing that I can say against the over is that it is a hundred percent the public play, and it's a hundred percent the play that everybody's betting. Yeah, that is the only. That's the only negative that I have for it, and that's probably going to be the only reason why I'm not betting it because mm-hmm. it just that just means that it's going to go under. <laughs> that just means it somehow, some way, is going to go under. It's a large total at two thirty three and a half, but it just it's going to fall at like two thirty, two thirty one. I. Yeah, this I, I'm not. I'm not playing. I'm not going to play play with fire with that. I could see a possibility where the Pacers just don't end up scoring. Yeah, I mean, if you kind of take a look at the Pacers, what they've given up over the last six, seven games: uh, one thirty-three to Memphis, one thirty-one to Toronto, one thirty-two to Atlanta, one twenty-five to Denver, one twenty-eight to Boston, and one twenty-one to even the Detroit Pistons. So, um, yeah, this could end like one twenty-five. 101 in this game stays under something in that neighborhood. Philly hasn't been too bad on defense, but um, yeah, I couldn't bet the under. Maybe if we're able to get a live number better, a uh, better live number, because Philly has been getting off the slow starts over their past couple games here. All right, Terrell, let's move it along here, man. We have a big game in the Eastern Conference here. The Atlanta Hawks headed to Canada to take on the Toronto Raptors. The Raptors opened up as a four-point favorite. That number has stayed the course at four. Total opened up at 226. Uh, that number has ticked down about half a point uh, to 226. And it still seems like 226 hats out there. So not much line movement on either side here. But let's check the injury report for both of the squads. For the Atlanta Hawks, Bogdan Bogdanovich is questionable tonight with right knee soreness. We know about John Collins. Also, Danilo Gallinari questionable tonight with a left knee inflammation. For the Toronto Raptors, OG Ananobi questionable with right quadriceps contusion. And that is pretty much the only significant injury for the Toronto Raptors. So, Terrell, let's start with the side here, man. Raptors minus four hosting the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Raptors to go ahead and finish this season series 3-1 against the Hawks. Because in their minds, what happened against the Heat wasn't supposed to happen. So they felt like that they were in that game. They felt like that that was a game that they could steal against the number one seed in the East and just continue to improve that positioning. Like we have a Raptors team that 
in the beginning of the season, we were like, this team's going to miss the playoffs. And now they're sitting there as the six seed and yeah. potentially moving up to the five seed. Mm-hmm. And so that was a, that was definitely a really big game to drop, especially when you're looking at what they have left because they're running the gauntlet of Hawks and 76ers. And then they're going to get some easier matchups with the Rockets and the Knicks towards the end of the season. But, with Atlanta, Atlanta coming in here, the concern for Atlanta always has been, what are you going to get from everybody else on the road? Yep. And the Raptors have a unique situation where they're not letting fans into the stadium, so now you're playing inside of a dead arena. Mm-hmm. And so I'm concerned for the Hawks a tad bit, but I think that this is just more of a get-up spot for the Raptors in saying, hey, we got a a really killer two-game set. We need to go out here and, you know, try to to go 2-0 these next two games and put a dent in the Hawks and the the 76ers and prove that standing in the East and prove what they look like, tiebreaker scenario, and start moving up and giving themselves a good position because they technically are not outside the realm of possibility of getting a home series, I don't think. No, yeah, they're not outside the realm possibility. is a very slim chance, but it's not outside the realm possibility of them getting a home series. And so with Nick Nurse being one of the best coaches in the league and how I've seen him be able to get these guys up, I think that they just have the, they have the matchup. They have the talent. I think that this is a spot where we're just going to go ahead and I'm going to go chalk and I'm just going to take the Toronto minus four. Yeah, I feel, I feel like this number should be a little higher for the Toronto Raptors, but I think that only case has been because Atlanta has won five in a row, but it hasn't been against the greatest competition. You know, their, their winning streak started with the Golden State Warriors. That was a game without Steph Curry, and I think that uh, those – let me see if – I mean, let me see. Yeah, didn't have Steph Curry. Um, they did have Clay Jordan Poole and Draymond Green, but that, that was a point where the Golden State Warriors were really struggling on the defensive end, and then they had – the Indiana Pacers, who, like we talked about, are giving up every single bucket. Uh, Thunder, same thing. They scored 136 against them. Cavs, I think the only impressive victory was last their last game against the Brooklyn Nets. Um, even not even Car- impressive. Yeah, it wasn't. Even, you know, they're defensively, again, Brooklyn. Well, KD scored 55 in that game, and, and they still weren't able to get the victory. So I, I think that you're running into a team here, Toronto Raptors, that have completely turned around in the second half of the season. And they are kind of sitting in that sixth spot. You know, they could catch, they could get into the fifth spot. They're tied with the Bulls right now, at least for that, you know, that fifth and sixth spot here. Atlanta, the concern for me is that if they are able to slow Trey Young down in this game, who is going to really help him out on the offensive end? Because Trey Young has been playing out of his mind uh, for this past several weeks, or especially during their winning streak. I mean, they've had different guys step up, but I just feel like Toronto offensively has a lot of, a lot of firepower that they can, you know, kind of just take care of business here on their home floor against the Atlanta Hawks. So um, I'm leading with the, with, with the Toronto Raptors here as well. Thoughts on the total here, Terrell at uh two twenty six and a half. Two twenty six and a half. I kind of have a lean towards the over. Okay. I think that while Toronto is going to slow down Trey Young and Toronto is going to affect Trey Young, he's going to find the ability to get other guys going. It may not be to the level that they need for the entire course of the game, but I still think that they're, they're not going to have an issue putting up some points on his Toronto team. And we know Toronto can go out there and shoot the lights out whenever necessary. So 
I think that this is a a little bit more of a play towards the over for me. It's close. Yeah, Cooklin trying to pull up what they've uh, they've played. What this is the fourth match of the season, uh, 100, 106, and then the two other games was one twenty seven, one hundred, and then one four uh, one twenty five, one fourteen. So um, we've been seeing at least in th- two out of three games. And points have been put up in this game. And again, Toronto has been on a tear offensively as well as the Atlanta Hawks. So uh, definitely keep that in mind. Uh, Terrell, let's move over to the next game. And I probably know where you're going to go with this. We have the Houston Rockets headed to Brooklyn to take on the Nets. <laughs> where the Brooklyn Nets opened up as an 18 and a half point favorite. This number has trickled down to minus 17. Uh, total opened up at 244 and a half. That number is now down to 244. Checking the injury report for both of the squads for the Brooklyn Nets, Seth Curry out, Goran Dragic out, James Johnson is questionable, and for the Houston Rockets, Christian Wood, Dennis Schroeder, and Eric Gordon are all out for this game. Terrell, let's start with the side here, minus 17 for the Brooklyn Nets hosting the Houston Rockets. (laughs) Why the fuck would I ever... Lay this amount of points with the Brooklyn Nets at home, (laughs) at home, where they are one of the worst teams covering the spread at home. It is the last week of the season where anything can fucking happen. Why would I ever lay 17 and a half with the Brooklyn Nets? Which means, because there's literally nothing, there is nothing. Jalen Green has been playing amazing. Yes. The Rockets have actually looked good over the past, like, I wouldn't say good. good. And I would say good, relatively speaking. Let's say that. They've looked good, relatively speaking, as in they don't look like the fucking worst team in basketball. Yeah. Over these past few games. It's be- really for, like, well on a portion of over a week. They have looked very solid. The Nets have looked terrible. They were just at home against the Pistons, and the Pistons damn near won that game. Yeah. And they covered the large number they had. And the game for that, they lost to the Hornets. And then lost to the and then lost to the Bucks and then lost to the Nets. I mean to the Hawks on the road. There's literally nothing telling me. Absolutely nothing telling me. To lay seventeen with Brooklyn in this in this spot. <laughs> so why do we have to? Why do we have to lay seventeen with Brooklyn? Like it just feels like we. It feels like because this is such this is such a lock by all means. This is like the most. This is like the lock of the century, and because it feels like the lock of the century, it just feels like we have to lay to seventeen with Brooklyn. Like they're just going to go out there and, and destroy the Rockets in this game. I'm going to say this is there, there is some extra incentive and motivation for the Rockets here. Uh, they do own the first round pick of the Brooklyn Nets uh, this coming season as part as, or it's this coming draft with the trade that they did with James Harden. So Rockets Twitter fans and the local media and things like that, they're monitoring this pick. So, and I know it's in the back of the minds of the Houston Rockets that, Hey, that we need to dethrone this team to make our, you know, pick look better possibly top 15, top 16 pick. Um, so there is that extra motivation here. But, yeah, I've been watching the Rockets game. But how? Jaylen- Wait. But how? They're just going to – they're going – Brooklyn's going to the playoffs. This You literally cannot affect that pick any at all. No, it, it depends on their weather. If they, if they finished 
like seventh or eighth, that pick will be a lot lower, right? Right now they're in that bracket. So right now it's right now it's looking like a third, 15th or 16th pick. So if they were in that eighth seed or ninth, or if they were in that eighth seed or better, that pick will be a lot lower. You see what I'm saying? Um, so it, it really depends on where they're kind of finishing in this, in this, in, in, in the Eastern conference standings. I mean, it's not by a lot, but I think those few positions do matter for the, for the Rockets and they've been monitoring it. So I'm just kind of throwing that out there, but I have been watching this Rockets games. Jalen Green has been balling out since the all-star breaking, especially over the last week or so. Four straight games with 30-plus points with Jalen Green. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr. has been good as well. So this team is not laying down, right? They, they were. I was watching that Minnesota game. They got screwed over by the refs. They covered that 13-and-a-half point uh, spread that the Minnesota Timberwolves had as a favorite on their home floor. Now they're going over to Brooklyn, where they two teams did match up earlier this season. Rockets only lost that game by 10 on their home floor. Um, but 17, I, I locked this up number or bet this at 18 when it opened, but seems like some sharp money is coming in on the Rockets here at 17. And like you said, I'll just quickly say the numbers once again. The Brooklyn Nets at home this season as a or at least at home, 8, 29, and 1 against the spread, the worst in the league, and as a home favorite this season, four. 24 and one. And I also throw this out there in non-conference games. They have the second worst record in the entire NBA. And I know Kyrie has some things to do with that, but they are 10 and 19 against the spread against Western conference opponents. So we're taking the rocket here. I already locked this bet in when it opened up at 18. Um, no, no, I'm no, 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 I'm not taking the Rockets. I am because this doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Why is it so? If this line was anything closer to what the 76ers are getting to 11, 12, I it, it would be no brainer. All right, cool, lock it up, da da da. But it's 17. You're telling me 17. It, they're begging you to take the Rockets. They're I, literally begging you to take the Rockets here. I and everybody is taking the Rockets. I'm that, it, that just is too many things. It's too many, too many bells and radars and all that stuff going off in my head because this line should never be 17 and a half. There is no reason. And sometimes if it's too good to be true, it actually is. <laughs> I, 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 no, I, I'm not betting this game, but I'm not. This just feels like a trap. It just, why is this 17? That makes zero sense. Because everything you said, everything mm-hmm. I said, it makes zero sense why this line would be 17 and a half. I'm laying a 17 and a half with Brooklyn because, I don't know, it just called a good call, but this line should never be that high. And there, it seems like they're obviously just begging you to take the Rockets because they know that the Nets are going to come in here and win this game by 30. I, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. I, I got to do it, man. This You're right. It doesn't make sense why this number is so high. Um, I don't know. I'll fall for the trap if I have to. I'm going to sprinkle a little bit on that money line if I have to. A pizza bet on that Rockets money line, man. You just you never you said it this week. You never know what's going to happen. And kind of Brooklyn knows that they're in that playing. They're in that playing bracket. Let me see this. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're, it's either they're going to finish up anywhere from 8, 9, or 10 are, are the Brooklyn Nets, but they're pretty much cemented into that play-in tournament. So uh, I'll lean with the Rockets. You're going the other way, laying the points with the Brooklyn Nets here. Uh, let's get to the total here, Terrell. Uh, 244. Too high for you, or you think this is going to fly over? No, I, I'll just let it go over. Just okay. let it go over. All right, let's I get see yeah, 120, right. 120, 130 plus for Brooklyn and 
if the Rockets can contest a little bit, then they may be able to just go ahead and push this line over. But All right. Uh, let's get over to the next game of the night. A pretty good one here. We have the Charlotte Hornets headed down to South Beach to take on the Miami Heat. I almost said Miami Dolphins. I don't know why. <laughs> Miami Heat. The, the number opened up minus five for the Miami Heat. That number is up to minus five and a half, half a point. Uh, and the total opened up at 224 and a half. That number is up to 226 and a half, trending towards 227. Checking the injury report for both of the squads for the Miami Heat. We have a lot of questionable tags here. Um, Dwayne Dedman, Kyle Lowry, Caleb Martin, Markeith Morris, PJ Tucker, and Gabe Vincent, all questionable for the Charlotte Hornets. I do not see an injury report for them, but I think everybody should be relatively healthy. Let me check one more site here. Um, and see what their lineup is going to be. Let's see. Charlotte Hornets. Um, where are they going? Yeah, everybody's pretty much healthy. All, all your guys are going to be out there. Gordon Hayward did return for this team as well uh, in their last game um, over the weekend. But, Terrell, let's start with the side here, man. Minus five and a half for the Miami Heat, Miami Heat hosting the Charlotte Hornets. I am going to lay the points with the heat here. I <sighs> number seems spot on. It, yeah, it seems I no, no, I'm not laying points with the heat. Just give me the Hornets. He probably get it get it done. Just give me the Hornets plus five and a half here. I'm not gonna lay the points. I'm not going to lay points with Miami Heat right now. I think that there's multiple reasons why they absolutely have everything to play for, but a two-game a two-game lead, and then you're going to the Hawks and the Magic to in, to end the season. And I just don't trust laying. I just don't trust point laying points with Miami Heat. They they burn me so many times doing this. And I think that this is a spot where this can be a little bit of a closer game. Charlotte actually matches up with the Heat pretty well, and they have a, a number of options to go to outside of Lamelo or Lamelo Ball. Like they still have Terry Rozier. Now that Gordon Hayward's back in the fray, Gordon Hayward can affect that game. And Gordon Hayward has shown us over the course of him being out, that they actually play a little bit better with him in the lineup. Mm. I know that wasn't indicative of what happened in that uh, Hornets and 76ers game, but they normally do play a lot better with them in the lineup. So after just getting dogged by 30, I can see the Hornets going to get up for this game. They got embarrassed by the Heat. Was that the last game? It might have been the last game. Yeah, Yeah, April 2nd, uh, where the Sixers won by 30. No, no, no. uh, Talking about Miami? Not the Hornets. Yeah, when they played Miami, I think the last time they played Miami oh. was that game where Charlotte was up a crazy amount of points and then in the second half absolutely blew it. Or that was the game before that probably. Yeah, that was the game it. before that where okay. they had that 38 that 35 to 8 third quarter and the Heat came by and actually and absolutely killed them on their home floor. Mm-hmm. So they they took a L to the Heat again after that. The Heat kind of actually do have their number, but that second game still only fell Four points in a double overtime game. I think that they can actually do that again and possibly come out here with the money line win. That would be some heroics that I wouldn't be surprised of. But I think at the very least, this can fall into one possession. So 
I, I was leaning a little bit to Heat, but I talked myself out of it. I'm just not going to lay the points with the Heat. I think that the Hornets can actually contest in this one and make it close. Yeah, I think this is a bigger game for the uh, Charlotte Hornets, obviously, being that play-in bracket tournament there. Um, tied with the Brooklyn Nets right now uh, for that 9-8 spot. They're one game behind the Atlanta Hawks uh, and two and a half behind Cleveland for that seventh spot. Um, yeah, like you mentioned, the Miami Heat 3-0 straight up so far against the Charlotte Hornets this season. I'll have to check the ATS number. I know it's 2-1 uh, and one at least at minimum because the Miami Heat blew them out in the other two games, 104-86 and 114-99. Um, if this number, yeah, this number was a little bit it, under two possessions or within the four number, I probably would have pulled it on the Heat. I'm starting to see some sixes pop up. If this gets outside of six to six and a half, I will pull the plug on the um, on the Charlotte Hornets here tonight at six and a half at six. So I think this is a bigger game for the Charlotte Hornets, um, like I mentioned. Uh, and getting Gordon Hayward back, obviously, that's big for them. And, you know, we, we talked about this. We talked about this in the NBA Slack channel that with Gordon Hayward on the floor, this team is better and that they actually do win games. And coming off a 30-point loss, like you mentioned, against the Sixers the other night, they're going to want to come out and play well here against the Miami Heat, who are holding that two-game lead. But like you mentioned, I think that if they win one of the two final two games here against either Atlanta or um, the Orlando Magic, that they should secure that number one seed. So definitely look out for that as well. Um, leaning towards the under in this game, Terrell, nothing tells me that this game should go over the big number of 226.5, especially in the first three matchups. In double overtime, the last one they finished up with 218, but the other two games, 213 and 190 in the uh, previous two matchups. You have any uh, leans on the total here? Well, not really. Not, I'm not really excited for it one way or another. It seems like a little, a little bit on on tune. I may have a play on the over, but. Okay. If anything, I might play the first half over in this one. I think that both of these teams can get out kind of kind of quickly, kind of on a quicker pace and light up the scoreboard early and then defense. Because this this just seems like it's gonna be like a playoff atmosphere a little bit. So yeah. And I may I may look for a a live number and come in and bet the under because I do think the second half is gonna be a little bit more defensive intensity, but I I do expect both of these teams to get out quick in this one. Yeah, I am looking, uh, as far as a player problem, I'm looking for um, Bam Adebayo's rebounding number. I don't see it out yet, but in the three games so far, he's had 19, 12, and 13 against this uh, Charlotte Hornets uh, lack of interior defense. So um, he's also had uh, two 20-plus games as well against the Charlotte Hornets so far this season. Three out of the last four career games against the Hornets, he's had 20 or more points for them. So uh, definitely keep that in mind if you see a Bam Adebayo um either points and rebounds combined or just a rebounding number here uh, for him against this Hornets team. Terrell, let's take a quick break here, bud. We'll come back and then we'll get into the 8 o'clock Eastern games here in the NBA. So we'll be right back if we hear from our sponsors. It's a hectic time of year. Between weddings, graduation, spring sports, and more, we're busier than ever right now. And sometimes we forget to take a second for ourselves. So this season, take a second and enjoy an ice-cold Coors Light because you deserve a beer that's made to chill. Do you ever feel like you're always on work, friends, family, and a million pressing so social issues? 
and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button, and that's why you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer that's out there literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit the reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. So all you gotta do is head over to CoorsLight.com SGP. That's CoorsLight.com SGP to get Coors Light delivered straight to your door via Drizzly or Instacart. And remember, to always celebrate responsibly, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode actually doesn't protect your privacy? That's right, without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prowling eyes. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed. Your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media, whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's like getting 9 months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with a brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to IPVanish.com SGP and use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's IPVanish.com SGP. All right, coming off of the break, let's get into the next game of the night. We have the Washington Wizards. Headed to Minnesota to take on the Timberwolves, where the Timberwolves opened up as a 11.5 point favorite. That number is up a tick to minus 12. Total opened up at 233.5. That number has gone all the way up to 237.5. Starting to see some 238s pop up as well. Checking the injury report for both of these teams for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, Jaden McDaniels is doubtful. Malik Beasley is probable. For the Wizards, Kyle Kuzma pretty much done for the season. And that is the only other – that is pretty much a significant injury for the Washington Wizards. So, Terrell, let's start with the side here, man. We got minus 12 for the Minnesota Timberwolves hosting the Washington Wizards. Yeah, I mean, this is the same thing that I was having with – that I had with the Rockets – Okay. Last week, when they were laying the big number against the Rockets, and that's what the Rockets saying. It's just the fact that Minnesota really doesn't have any reason to get up for this game. I mean, to be honest, they they want to get a win. Of course, they want to get a win and try to close that gap and get into, excuse me, and close that gap and get into out of the playing game and push. You know, one of Denver or Utah looks like it possibly could be Utah down into that playing game and don't even have to worry about that situation. But 
I don't think that's enough motivation to go out here and try to kill this team. I think they're going to do what they need to do to win. And I think that there's, that's going to open up the door of opportunity for the Wizards at the end of the game to come in here and get a cover here. I, the Wizards haven't been playing terrible. Mm-hmm. They have gotten, they've gotten wins recently. They've gone out here and competed without having their best player in a number of games. They just got completely routed by the Celtics and, you know, I, I I think the Celtics have been playing better than the Timberwolves as of recently. I think that this is a spot for a good bounce spot spot for the Wizards just to go out there and be able to compete, go out there and be able to compete. You know, in one of the last couple of games, and like I said, I'm really trying to fade a lot of these spreads. And unless there's something that absolutely pulls me over to the favorite, mm-hmm. I'm just going to take the dog at a lot of these larger spreads and just say that these teams really don't care about. It blowing these teams out towards the end of the season. They just want to get in and out and get a win. So I'll take the Wizards here plus 12. Yeah, the uh, Wizards have won four out of their last six games uh, on the season. They've also been four and two uh, against a spread in that span as well. Let me ask you this, Terrell. Is is, uh, being two games back in their division too much for them to contend for the division title? Um. Because right now the Minnesota Timberwolves, Denver is leading uh, Utah or or sorry, they're leading Utah by half a game and Minnesota is two games back for the division title. Um, I kind of just wanted to throw that out there. Maybe there is a little bit of motivation for Minnesota, but yeah, I I think that with the recent play of the Washington Wizards here for the last uh, four wins in their last six games, uh, it hasn't been against bad competition either, right? Dallas, I think that was a motivation angle for KP. Took care of business against Orlando. They beat uh, Golden State as well in Detroit. Okay, maybe not world beaters, but, um, you know, Minnesota coming off of the win against the Houston Rockets in their last game. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll mm, yeah, I'll lean with Washington. I don't love this game. A lot of big spreads, like you mentioned, but yeah, I'll lean with Washington. I'm not going to be playing this game. Uh, any thoughts on the total here, though, Terrell? We have a total, a big total of 238 in this game. Uh, I'll say this Washington has gone over the total in four out of their last five games, uh, and Minnesota has gone, let's see here, last five I mean, Minnesota's games. a walking over. Yeah, three Minnesota's out of the last five walking. games, they've gone over. Big totals too. Walking over. Yeah, yeah, I know. So I'm just, I'm just gonna take Minnesota here. Okay. I actually do like Minnesota first quarter. Minnesota's been really, really good in the first quarter for the duration of the entire season. It hasn't slowed down now. So I like Minnesota first quarter, but that's probably one of my best bets for this game. Yeah. Because I do think that if Washington covers it, it comes in the back half when nobody really cares about the game anymore. But I'm not betting a Minnesota under right now. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Especially the last two games, I've had totals of two forty-five and two forty-two, and they've gone, they've flown over the total uh, in those two games. All right, let's get over to the next game of the night trail. Another good one here. We have the Milwaukee Bucks headed to Chicago to take on the Bulls, where the Milwaukee Bucks opened up as a three and a half point favorite. That number is up to minus five now. Starting to see some minus five and a halves. Total opened up at two twenty-eight and a half. That number is up to two thirty-four. Uh, checking the injury report for both of these teams for the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, let's see here. 
Portland. I don't have one up for these two teams. Uh, let me check another website here for, I know uh, I saw that Giannis was probable in this game. He is probably going to play. Um, yeah, Giannis game time decision, but last note I did saw that he was going to play and everybody is pretty much healthy for the Chicago Bulls. Uh, Lonzo Ball continues to be out for the season, uh, but I would assume AC, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Nikola Vucevic all playing in this game. So let's start with the side here, Terrell. Let's call it minus five for the Milwaukee Bucks in Chicago here tonight. Yeah, I don't care. I'm following the rule. Bucks are a good team. Bulls going to get killed. They, they, they just yeah. they have not shown up against good teams at all whatsoever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the line movement says. It doesn't matter what the money says. It doesn't matter anything like that. They just don't show up against good teams. And I'm not going to. I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna fade them. I'm just gonna fade them against good teams. That's ultimately all it is and all it will be. That's who Chicago has shown us to be this over the course of the season. And even getting a couple of defensive players back hasn't really changed that too much. And so that's a pretty pretty easy handicap for me. I'm actually gonna lock this one up. Uh, Milwaukee minus five and a half here. Not really I'm not really afraid of it at all. Only yeah. thing that could concern me is the fact that Milwaukee absolutely is incapable of guarding anybody from the perimeter is literally impossible for them. They cannot guard anybody on the perimeter. They give up an amazing amount of threes. I think the last couple of games, teams are shooting some over 40% against them. Again, from the three-point line, uh-huh. I can get that exact number in a little bit, but they're just – yeah, so second worst in the league over the past five games, 43.9% from beyond the three-point line. That's the only thing that really concerns me in here, and the saving grace that could potentially have Chicago stay in this game, but Chicago is just – proven time and time and time again that they cannot cover this number or get a win against better teams. And so even while they're at home, I still expect them to struggle in this one. Yeah, I mean, you you took the words right out of my mouth. The first thing that you said was was pretty much the handicap for this game. And to kind of go back to 2018, the turn of the year, how many games do you think the Chicago Bulls have won against this uh, Milwaukee Bucks team since 2018? Um, what's four games a year? So six. It's been about 17 yeah. games since 2018. I hope that you don't get swept every year. So maybe four. They've won one game Three. since 2018. That was last season. Uh, May 16th to 2021, where Chicago actually won that game, 118-112. So, yeah, <clears throat> they haven't had much success at all against the Milwaukee Bucks team, and, and they've been blowouts, right? This season, okay, they've had victories of 4-6 and then 28 to have the Milwaukee Bucks, but kind of go down the line. I know it's a different roster for the Chicago Bulls. It just feels like this Milwaukee Bucks just, team just has a number for this Bulls team. Uh, minus five uh, again, definitely chop around for this number, but over on win bet right now, uh, the number is minus five for the Milwaukee Bucks in this game. I expect Giannis to continue his domination here. Uh, should be another 30 15 game for Giannis in this game, um, against this uh Chicago Bulls team. Uh, as far as the total, tour, the, uh, go ahead. No, just adding for the for Milwaukee, there's 16 and nine as a favor on the road this season, yeah. Yeah, good call there. Yeah, sixty-four percent. They're covering sixty-four percent of their games as a favorite on the road. So I'll yeah, lock me up for the Bucks. 
Yeah, and if you want to, you know, add this money line as a parlay piece as well for the Bucks, maybe with another game or even the spread, I think that's a pretty good option here for the for the parlay players. So uh, keep that in mind. Um, as far as the total, I'm probably leaning towards Milwaukee's team total in this game, um, but not much for me on the total. Do you have anything on the total? Yeah, if I if I had to play, I would play over. Okay. I play over because while I do think that, and it just it seems like everybody else is playing over by how much this game is ticked up, but yeah. Milwaukee is just they can't guard the three point line. Yeah, they absolutely, they're literally incapable of doing it. And a Chicago team that has no fear, you got Zach Levine, you got um, Kobe White, you got guys that have no fear of launching threes in game. So if they change how they play because they're more of a inside out team playing from the inside out and how they do their scoring Mm -hmm. they they can absolutely just put up just shoot the lights out but they can also not do anything so while there's not i probably the probably the play for me is to just let the number grow because i think that this is going to get out quicker and then come in and try to get a, a live number on the under but if i had to play it right now i'd probably go over i think that it can it could fall somewhere around that 230, 235 range. Yeah, quickly trying to see uh, how Zach Levine had or how many threes he's made against this team. And he had four in the last game, three in the previous game, one, two, four, kind of going back to last season. But I'm currently seeing Zach Levine's uh, three-point prop at two and a half here tonight. So maybe it's, it's a little juice at minus 135, but um, – we talked about, or you talked about, Terrell, how this team has struggled, the Milwaukee Bucks defending the three-point line. Uh, so that may be worth a look if you want to take a look at uh, the only concern. Mm-hmm. The only concern with Zach there is if he gets the Drew Holiday matchup, which you would think that that's how they're going to match it up, Drew on him, yeah. and DeRozan gets Chris Middleton. So that that is really the only downfall. Okay. And another reason why I just don't like the Chicago team because I just think the Bucks match up really, really well against them. And I'm not really too concerned about Chicago's bench pulling their weight and making sure that they get over on this game. And Milwaukee's bench is slowly starting to finally take shape rather than being the the devoid layer of trash that has been over the course of the entire season. It's starting to look like Pat Connaughton back. Uh, there's, and Grayson Allen moving to that bench unit and Wesley Matthews coming up to the starting unit that they're starting to get some production out of that bench group. So, this could be it, – it, it honestly could be ugly for the Bulls tonight. Yeah, fair enough, man. Uh, all right, let's get over to the next game. Part of the game of the night here, Terrell. We have the Portland Trailblazers headed to OKC to take on the Thunder, where the Thunder opened up as a three-and-a-half-point favorite. That number is up to minus four-and-a-half for the Thunder. Uh, total opened up at 223. That number has ticked down uh, about a point to 222. Um, injury report for both of these squads. We pretty much know what it is for the OKC Thunder. Their three main guys are out for the season. Uh, Trey Mann is also out. Kenrich uh, Williams is also out for the season. Same thing for the tra- Portland Trailblazers. Uh, Trinan Watford is also out for this game. Um, so it's pretty much going to be the same match of these two teams had a couple weeks ago where I think uh, did OKC win that game 134-131, I believe. Um, so if you have pretty much the same matchup there. Uh, so let's start with the side here, Terrell. OKC minus four and a half, hosting the Portland Trailblazers. If I was on a regular outlet that was handicapping and you got OKC minus four and a half and you're playing the Trailblazers who 
are effectively the worst team in basketball. Their record doesn't show it, but that roster, how they're playing, they're the worst team in basketball. Mm -hmm. And this Thunder team just went and took out the number one team in the league. Yes, they are missing Devin Booker, but they took out the number one team in the league and completely train wrecked them. If I was on a regular outlet, I'd be telling you to bet Thunder, lock up Thunder. All the money is on the Thunder. Everybody is betting Thunder. I'm telling you right now, and I can't. I haven't done this. I don't think I've done this at all this season. If I have, and you find the episode, then tell me the episode, and you know, I'll I'll take it back. I'm gonna lock up the Portland Trailblazers here at. Well, no, I have locked them up at different sections because I made them my dog, so that doesn't count. But I'm gonna lock up the Portland Trailblazers here at plus four and a half because the Thunder are so fucking trash at home. They are so fucking bad. Like, it is literally disgusting how bad they are at home. And they should be a travesty to go out and to go every single home game and to play that bad in front of your home fans. It is literally disgusting. They go months, months without a home win. They went months without a home win. Two months without a home win. They, and then before that, they went a month without a home win. They are the worst home team in basketball. And so now, not only are you telling me that the worst home team in basketball is going to end their their home season by getting a win, but also they're going to get back-to-back home wins? I don't care if it's against the Portland Trailblazers. I really don't. I do not care. The Portland Trailblazers are going to win this game because the Thunder are – it's just a pure fate of the Thunder and how shitty that they play in front of their home fans. And their fans should be absolutely disgusted. And this is nothing but the ultimate letdown spot. If there's ever a letdown spot, it has to be when you are the worst team in basketball and you just came off of a double – a 20-point win against the best team in the league. Against the best team in the league, you came off of a 20-point win at home in a place where you could not get wins for months. Four months, and now you have two in a week, two in a week span, and you're trying to tell me that I'm going to go and I'm going to lay four and a half points with that same team? Absolutely fucking not. I don't care how bad the the Trailblazers are. I don't care that the Trailblazers went to San Antonio and they were up at halftime and absolutely didn't even show, didn't even leave the locker room for the second half of that game. Absolutely not. I am not doing that. No, no way at all. I'm not laying four and a half with the trouble with the with the OKC OKC Thunder. I'm not laying four and a half. And I'm just going to go ahead and lock them up and tell you that the Trailblazers are going to go out here and win this game. They're going to win the game. I don't know how they're going to do it. I have no idea how they're going to do it. I couldn't tell you how they're going to do it. I could sit here and I could look up numbers. Matter of fact, I was trying to do it earlier. I was trying to look up the numbers, anything that would that would give my point some validity that they were going to go out here and win this game. And I can't do it because both of these teams are so fucking bad at basketball. Like, they are just so bad in the NBA. I'm not going to say they're bad at basketball. They're good to, They're good compared to the regular average person. But in, in terms of an NBA caliber team, they are so fucking bad at basketball. And you're telling me you want to lay four and a half with one of those teams at home in a place where they just can not play well? Absolutely not. I'm locking up Trailblazers plus four. <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh because it's, it's like the worst game in the world. And the thing I've ever, I appreciate about Terrell is that he uh, <laughs> he'll find the angles no matter what game it is. So 
I know you were like, you're talking about looking for those numbers. Here, here I'll, I'll give you the numbers. So, OKC, after a win straight up this season, are 8 and 14 at 36%. Uh, and as a home team this season, this is win loss, not against the spread, but um, straight up this season, they are 11 29 uh, at home this season. Uh, are the OKC Say that Thunder. again. Say that number again. 11 and 29 straight up on 11 the 11 and 29 at home. That is fucking embarrassing. That is absolutely embarrassing. Yeah, they are right down there with the Houston Rockets and the Orlando Magic. So, um, yeah, not expecting back-to-back wins here from OKC. I, You're right. I don't know how Portland is going to do it. So, look, they were in that game um, in Portland, or they were going to win that game, I think, until Isaiah Roby hit that three to send it into overtime. Um, don't ask me why I know that, because that was the last game of the night, and I just needed some entertainment. That's why I was watching it, but as passionate as Terrell was about that whole handicap, there's no way I can disagree with him. Not going to be betting this game, but again, because of Terrell here, I will go with the Portland Trailblazers as well. But no, sir, all serious, your handicap makes uh, 100% uh, it makes, uh, makes sense uh, 100% um, about this OKC Thunder team, but we don't know how Portland's going to get it done, but they're going to find a way here. See, at least cover the number, probably win outright as well. I just can't believe people are running to the window to bet OKC. OKC yeah. Like there, some 90% of the money is on, is on the Thunder tonight. 95% of the money is on. Are you telling me you're really going to side? Like there are people that are actually sitting here on podcast giving out OKC minus four and a half. <laughs> it's At 95% of the money. Come on, they just beat the best team in the league, Terrell. That's why we're running to the window to bet OKC, right? <laughs> this is ridiculous. This is uh, ridiculous. Four and a half. Four and a half. Four and a half to the Two teams that are at the bottom. No, absolutely not. I'm not doing it. Uh, okay. So, all right. Uh, any thoughts on the total at 222? I mean, no, because I, I, I just don't know how this game is going to go. I just know that whatever whatever happens, Trouble is not going to lose by five fucking points. All right. Let's move over to the next game, uh, Terrell. We have the San Antonio Spurs headed to Denver to take on the Denver Nuggets, where the Nuggets opened up as a six-point favorite in this game. That number is up to minus nine and a half over on win. Bet. Wait, no, but for real. Oh. No, so wait, no, I'm still on this. Because what? would you be surprised if Portland went out there and beat them by 20 tonight? Like, is that surprising to anyone? I don't know about by 20, but I wouldn't be surprised if they won the game by like... If they, get, if they, run, seven, if they ran them out the... If, so the most popular of, you know, plays that you can play is you can play 11-plus win margin. Somebody played the 11-plus win margin against the... For the OKC versus the Suns. If OKC lost this game by double digits, would anybody be surprised? The casual better we be surprised. We wouldn't be surprised, but the casual better might be because hey, they just beat Phoenix by twenty some odd points. What just happened? They don't. They this don't follow ridiculous. the NBA. Like we, I'm surprised we spent this much time on the, the worst game of the no, night. No, it's just it's just one of the. <laughs> it, it's really who sit here and two teams that are playing the exact same at the end of the year and say that one's a five points five points better. No, you're right. right. I agree with you one hundred percent. Portland, look, they haven't been great. They haven't been great defensively, but you kind of go back to that OKC game. It was a one and a half point favorite for the 
uh, OKC Thunder in that. No, for the Portland Trailblazers in that game. Home floor. Now you're telling me that line has flipped, what, six points now? Five? One because and a half plus and four. Honestly, and a, yeah, throw it would not be court. that. Yeah. If they did not win that game yesterday, it would not be this high. This oh, is 100% no. an overreaction to the game yesterday. Yeah. 100%. All right, whatever. Let's move on. <laughs> All right, let's get to the, the next game of the night. Uh, we have the San Antonio Spurs headed to Colorado to take on the Denver Nuggets, where the Denver Nuggets opened up as a six-point favorite. That number is up to minus nine and a half over on win bet. Total opened up at 236. That number has trickled down to 233, 234 range, depending on your book, but win bet has it at 233. Uh, checking the injury report for both of these teams for the San Antonio Spurs. Um, Doug McBuckets is out. DeJounte Murray out. Um, and Romeo Langford is also questionable for this game for the Spurs. Uh, for the Denver Nuggets, uh, everybody is a go in this game. Terrell, let's start with the side here. Denver Nuggets minus nine hosting the San Antonio Spurs. <sighs> I don't know how I'm going to be able to rationalize taking the Spurs here, especially with DeJounte Murray and Dubin Buckets and just having the people out that they do. Mm-hmm. And this just feels like a spot where Denver is going to try to to get these guys out the gym. This is a larger spread, so it's a tad bit concerning. Mm-hmm. But it's, I'm not too concerned where I'm willing to play off of this one. It's just low enough that it still piques my interest. Mm-hmm. I wish I could have got it at open and when it was a little bit lower. And I absolutely see why it's jumped as far as it is. And it hasn't jumped far enough where I'm not going to take it. So I'll take Denver minus nine here. Ugh. Denver's really bad at covering at home. Like they're really fucking bad at covering as a home favorite. It's a home favorite. They're so fucking bad. Yeah, 12 and 19. But this has to be you still you still have a lot to play for if you're Denver. You can't just go you can't just fall asleep. Uh but then you know this Spurs got the Lakers kind of on their back. I don't know. I just feel like I feel like the Spurs could easily just get routed and drop this game because they say they got a two-game lead over the Lakers. I feel like, you know, it's just the thought process of when you're chasing something and you finally get there, you kind of let up and ease up, you know, after you after you passed it, like after you got it, after you got the chase, you kind of ease up. And it's basically like what a lot of shits we talking about where – Oh man, he was all for me when he was trying to get with me. Then he finally got with me and he stopped caring. That's what I feel like the Spurs are going to do in this game. They finally got to that play-in spot and then they're going to treat her bad. They're not going to go out there. They're not going to call her anymore in the morning. They're not going to send a morning text. They're not going to do any of that stuff anymore. And they're just going to get absolutely routed in this game. Jokic still has something to play for. Yep. And that's to secure another MVP. I mean, at this point, it's almost written in the wall for him, but I'm pretty sure he's still trying to go out there, secure that MVP. And he actually, I don't know what gamemanship that they have between him and Joel Embiid, but, you know, Joel Embiid would have played a game by this point. And maybe Jokic just sitting there looking at that box score and said, all right, bet, hold my beer. So I don't know. I don't know. This is a little bit more. 
I really would have liked this line and open. And if you want to bet it down, throw it in a parlay, a teaser of some sorts, I really do like that option. But I'll go ahead and play Denver minus nine. I think that they get up for this game, and I think the Spurs just fold. They just fold. They have a two-game lead over Lakers. It seems like an easy spot that they could fold in. Yeah, two things that are sticking out is, number one, that the Denver Nuggets are leading uh, the Northwest Division right now. Uh, by half a game over the Utah Jazz. So you know that they want that division. Number two, um, their final two games of the regular season for the Denver Nuggets is going to be the Memphis Grizzlies, who we know, even without John Moran, we know what the story is without John Moran, that this, that team is going to get up and play against anybody and, and give you know hell to any other team, whether it's with or without John. Their final game of the regular season, Maybe meaningless, maybe not, but it is against the Lakers um, on April 10th. So I think that this is a game where, hey, they just come out and take care of business. You know, and like you mentioned, the Joker still has some things to play for, right? He is, I think he is the betting favorite for to win the MVP. Um, you know, Joel Embiid's going to go out there and do his thing. You know, he talked about, I don't know what I have to do to get this award. But right now, Joker is a minus 300 favorite to win the regular season MVP. So, couple of, you know, motivating factors for the uh, Denver Nuggets. And you can also say the same thing, like you mentioned, about the uh, uh, San Antonio Spurs, but they do have at least a two-game lead over the Lakers. But Lakers have a definitely a, a much final four-game stretch, which is much difficult um, for them. So with all that being said, yeah, you're right that you would have liked this number better at that minus six price. Maybe this is a good parlay piece to put together with the Milwaukee Bucks here tonight if you're a parlay player. Uh, but I'm just going to go ahead and lay the nine, man. I just think that, you know, this this team, Denver's playing red well right now. Joker has just been a monster. He's just dominating. And they're only two games out of that number four spot behind Dallas in the Western Conference. So if they, you know, another motivating factor that if they get to that number four seed, they could probably have um, home court advantage. Well, I think they will if they win the division. I think the division winners get home court advantage, if I'm not mistaken. But nonetheless, I'll take Denver here as well here tonight. Probably, yeah, like I said, probably with the uh, Bucks money line here tonight. Um, anything else for this game, Terrell? Uh, total at 234.5. I don't know. I think that there's a realm of possibility where San Antonio just completely shits the bed here in this spot. And if they completely shit the bed, this is easily going under. Even if it even if it doesn't, I just don't because this could easily get in the playoff playoff game type of atmosphere. Yeah. And while we are abs- if it gets into that, we're absolutely gonna take a L on the minus nine. Mm-hmm. I think the under is still in play. I can see more scenarios that the undercashes than the overcashes in this one. I'll take the under in this one. Yeah, fourth matchup between these two teams for this season. Um the last game, 239, previous game, 234, and then I think one of the first games of the season finished sorry, finished with 198 points in that game. So um, maybe a live live total if you're uh, a total better like myself, probably wait for a live number in this game. Um, let's get over to the next game, Terrell. We have the Memphis Grizzlies headed to Utah to take on the Jazz. The Jazz opened up as a five-and-a-half-point favorite. That number has Take down half a point to minus five on win bet. Total opened up at 221. That number has skyrocketed up four points to 225. Uh, checking the injury report for both of these teams for the Milwaukee, I'm sorry, Milwaukee, for the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, Dylan Brooks, doubtful for tonight. Right hip soreness. Uh, John Rand, we know, is out. 
That is pretty much it for the Memphis Grizzlies. For the Utah Jazz, uh, pretty clean injury report. Nobody really listed there other than Trent Forrest uh, for the Jazz. But Terrell, let's start with the side here, man. Minus uh, five for the Utah Jazz hosting the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, so I have a new rule. Okay. I'm not going to lay more points with the Utah Jazz than the amount of passes that Donovan Mitchell averages. <laughs> It's a pretty simple. It's a pretty simple handicap, and it actually makes a bunch of sense. Because why the fuck would I lay more than three with the Utah Jazz at this point in time? <laughs> and he's not even getting three passes over to Rudy Gobert per game this season. And it's hilarious because I saw something on Twitter that said that Joe Ingles actually has more passes to Rudy Gobert than Donovan <laughs> Mitchell, and Joe Ingles has been out for the past two months, and he's actually not even with the fucking team anymore. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm just not one Memphis is so good without John Morant and Dylan Brooks. It doesn't make any sense. They played without them for basically majority of the season. Yeah. Two, the jazz are just not good. They're probably going to be in for a new coach soon. I'm almost positive. He's probably going to be the scapegoat of why this team's not playing well. And it's truly going to be because Donovan Mitchell probably doesn't want to be there for for real. I think he leaves. We, but we've been talking. There have been reports about there's been turmoil inside this team for a long time, yeah. and they've come out and they've reassured us that they don't care. They're going. You can play with people that they literally didn't even deny it. They didn't even deny it. They said that you can. You don't have to be the best of friends with the people you work with. Everybody has a common goal of winning. That is a. That is literally you not saying that you don't fucking like each other, but you have to play with each other. Yeah, and so. All that shit adds up. All that shit is going to make a difference. And so while Utah absolutely has something to play for, they have way more to play for. This game literally means nothing to Memphis. Mm-hmm. Absolutely nothing. I'm not laying the, I'm not laying the points with Utah. If somebody did it, I'm not mad at you. I'm really not. Utah absolutely has everything to play for, but through the recent struggles of Utah and the fact that I can't even guarantee that they're not going to blow the fucking lead at the end of the game anyway. I'm just going to take Memphis. I'm just going to close my eyes and take Memphis. And maybe Memphis, if they lose this game, they only lose the game by three. Or two. Less passes than fucking Diamond Shrest <laughs> Ruby Gobert. Matter of fact, I, I need a prop bet. I need to, and I'm, I'm going to hit up WinBet. I'm actually going to hit up WinBet, and I'm going to try to do see if they'll offer a prop bet. Over under two and a half passes to Do- Donovan Mitchell makes to Rudy Gobert today because he has to, he has to give him the ball more. This, like, with that coming out, he just has to feel obligated to give this man the ball more. Yeah. But I also think that there's a large opportunity that he says, nah, fuck that. I really don't fuck with him. And I don't care what everybody sees. I'm not going to pass the ball to him at all. And it's actually zero passes to Rudy Gobert for this game. Yeah, I mean, look, Utah's been like struggling is probably an understatement for what has happened for this team over the last, let's see, what, six, seven games. They're one in six. Their lone victory came against the LA Lakers, but who's not beating them right now? They won that game by 13. But other than that, they just lost the most recent game to Golden State by four. They lost the Clippers by six. They lost to Dallas by 14. They lost to the Charlotte Hornets by six. They lost to Boston by 28, and then Brooklyn by eight points. So, and Memphis, you know, we said it. They, they play well without John Morant. They play well without Dylan Brooks. Um, 
And they've won two out of three games so far this season in matchups against the Utah Jazz. They lost the first game. I'm sorry, this is uh, the third game of the season between these two teams. And Memphis has won both of those games, dropping 119 in each of those games um, against the Utah Jazz. And like you mentioned, there's turmoil in the Utah Jazz locker room. Um, again, don't I think that's gonna this is the last regular season week you'll see Donovan Mitchell as a member of the Utah Jazz. I think they'll have a new head coach. I think it might be time for this team to blow it up here. And I think Utah or Donovan Mitchell is going to be on another squad next year. So um, I'm going to go. I really like Memphis as my dog here tonight. I'm taking the plus five and a half. Um, maybe even put this in the money line as, as my dog of the night here, but everything kind of points to me taking Memphis here tonight. And I just think that they are the better team, even without, even if it's without both Dylan Brooks and John Moran and, don't you think that there might be some extra motivating factor for Triple J here tonight for that defensive player of the year against Rudy Gobert? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm locking up Memphis plus five and a half. There's no, <laughs> there's no way they're one. I really even doubt that they're losing this game, but if they lose this game, there's no way they're getting routed by the Utah Jazz here. I don't even think the Utah Jazz have that in them at this point in the season anymore. Yeah. I mean, this team kind of seems broken right now. Triple J is still 16 to one for the defensive player of the year, but uh, yeah, Memphis plus five and a half for both of us. Probably get down on the money line as well. Uh, Memphis team total for me seems like a play here as well. Terrell, you have any thoughts on this total at 225? Uh, 225. Yeah, I have a slight lean to the under. Okay. All a right. Very, very slight lean to the under. Okay. Um, let's get over to one of the two final games of the night. We have the... New Orleans Pelicans headed to Sacktown to take on the Sacramento Kings. This number opened up minus seven and a half for the New Orleans Pelicans on the road. Uh, that number is up to minus eight over on WinBet. Total opened up at 227. That number is at 226 now. Injury report for both of these teams for the New Orleans Pelicans. Pretty clean other than Jonas Valanciunas is on the injury report with right ankle soreness. For the Sacramento Kings, the usual guys are out. We know De'Aaron Fox, Sabonis are gone for the season. Rashawn Holmes has been out for personal reasons. Alex Lynn is the only questionable tack for the Sacramento Kings here tonight. So, Terrell, let's start with the side here, man. Let's call it minus uh, eight for the New Orleans Pelicans in Sacramento playing against the Kings. So, I went on record Friday. Yeah, the Friday show. And when Dan and Scott asked me if I thought New Orleans was good because they said they thought New Orleans was good, I said, I think New Orleans is one of the more overrated teams in the league. Okay. Because all they do is just beat bad teams. That's it. Mm -hmm. they, they, they can't beat good teams. They're literally incapable of doing it. And that's why they got beat by damn near 20 against the Clippers. So... While I don't want to lay eight at, at all with the Pelicans, mm -hmm. especially on the road, I'm I'm just gonna lay the eight for now. I may change my mind about this later because this eight is really sitting on me and my soul. It's actually a key number in basketball, believe it or not. Yeah. But I I just can't fucking do it. <laughs> I just I, I, I just they, this is what they do. They just beat the bad teams. Yeah. That, that's what they're capable of. They just beat the bad teams. 
Uh, if so, you kind of, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Yeah, I'm just saying they just they just beat the bad teams. That's all. That yeah. that's all they really have, and so. Yeah, I think the next two games for the New Orleans Pelicans, like they know they're it's must must win situations, right? They have the Kings tonight and they have Portland on Thursday, but then their final two games of the regular season in back to back situations is against the Memphis Grizzlies and the Golden State Warriors to wrap it up for the season. So they're kind of in that they're in that playing uh, bracket right now. Um, they have a let's see a one game lead over the Sacro sorry the San Antonio Spurs, um, and again LA is two games back. Don't think they're going to make it in, but. You know, they, if they just take care of business against Sacramento Kings and against the Portland Trailblazers, they're they're pretty much secure into that play-in tournament. Um, and this might be another parlay piece, a money line parlay piece that you want to put together with the uh, Milwaukee Bucks and um, I forgot who's the other team that we mentioned as, a, as a, yeah, the Denver Nuggets as well. So uh, something to think about there. But reluctantly, I, I think that you might just want to lay the points here minus eight against the Pelicans. I think that. Brandon Ingram, CJ McClellan will get whatever they want uh, against his backcourt of the uh, Sacramento Kings. So, um, but definitely this will be a parlay piece for me as well as a money line parlay piece. Um, any thoughts on the total Terrell at two twenty four and a half now? That number just moved uh, moved to move down actually. Yeah, I still lean to, towards the over. Okay. I think uh, that there's, there is a realm possibility where the Kings can actually keep up with scoring in Pelicans. Okay. Shockingly, the uh, the Kings have won four of their last five games. I mean, two were against Houston, Indiana, and Orlando. I mean, not. I mean, it is the worst competition in the league, but I, something to maybe uh, keep in mind uh, here. But I think Pelicans come out and take care of business. All right, Terrell. Last game of the night, my man. We have the LA Lakers headed to Phoenix to take on the Suns. Suns opened up as a 11 and a half point favorite here. Minus 11 is the number now. It took down half a point to 11 on win bet. Total opened up at 232 and a half. This number uh, stayed the course at 232 and a half. Injury report for both of these teams. Uh, pretty clean for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, I know they were arresting some guys against the OKC Thunder, but Devin Booker, DeAndre, and Chris Paul all should be playing in this game. Uh, for the Lakers, Anthony Davis, questionable. LeBron James, questionable. Um, that is pretty much it for the L.A. Lakers. Starting with the side here, Terrell, minus 11 and a half, or let's call it minus 11 over on win bet for the Phoenix Suns hosting the Lakers here tonight, man. What are you thinking? Just lock me up with things. Minus <laughs> 11. I don't really care. Just lock me up with things. Minus 11. I, I can't trust the Lakers at all. Yeah. I can't trust the Lakers at all. And it's... I, I'd just probably be better off just going ahead and fading them. Yeah, I would just probably be better off going ahead and fading them. They just got fucking blew out by OKC. They obviously don't have anything else to play for, but the Lakers are just so bad. And they're with the Frank Vogel news, you're trying to tell me that they're not just going to go ahead and pack it up now? Yeah. Like now is just not the time that they're going to go ahead and pack it up? And so you're telling me we got a full-strength Sun squad versus somewhat of a full-strength Lakers squad? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll just take – I will just take the Sun and I'll lock them <laughs> up at 11 because it, it, it is way more in the realm of possibility that the Lakers just absolutely shit the bed here. Like they could not be in the game at all because they start games all slow and yeah. they finish games all slow. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no. 
Yeah, the only thing that it's probably going to be the last two games where LeBron has to play two more games for him to uh, qualify for the uh, scoring title uh, this season. So it's probably going to be against OKC and then against Denver in the final game because their next two games for the Lakers, Phoenix tonight, and then Golden State on Thursday. So, um, yeah, I mean, Phoenix 3-0 and against the Lakers so far this season. Last game, they put up 140 against this Lakers team. Uh, they won 140-111, uh, and then the previous two games, 108-90, and then 115-105. So, um, yeah, just lay the points here with the uh, with the Phoenix Suns. Healthy squad. Guys are well-rested. They should just come out and uh, dominate against the Lakers here tonight. Any thoughts on the total, Terrell? Um, at, let's see here, the number's at 232.5. Over. I don't care what it is. Nope, I don't want to hear what it is. Over. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not taking a under with the Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's the last game of the night. Let's take one last break here. We're going to come back. We'll get into our picks for this Tuesday night schedule here in the NBA. There are never enough things to gamble on, and the one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. The best part is, now there's a new way to play the ponies, especially if you are brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel, a daily fantasy-style app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and build and play against others to move up the leaderboard. Win as much as $40,000 with one entry. Don't know anything about horses? Not to worry, the app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your breast strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com. Multiple games are offered each day with free games weekly at tracks all over the United States. Get in the app, create your account, and start building your stables today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against our stables. You can even follow them in the app and we can compare our own stats. Download now at StableDuel.com and see how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner's circle. Play, race, win. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, where America market sports, America buys and sells sports bets. It's Masters Week, and if you haven't used PropSwap to go for the green, then you are missing out. PropSwap is the only app that allows you to pick your favorite golfers, and then you sell your bets whenever you want. Many prop swappers make thousands of dollars just by buying and selling their golfers all tournament long. This allows you to win over and over without your golfer ever touching the green jacket. So go to PropSwap.com or download the free PropSwap app today. PropSwap has fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value and free activities be to stay in the know with all the big sales and red hot ticket sales. A loyalty reward program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash. And a first deposit cash match. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will match your deposit up to $500. Join the real sports bettors on PropSwap where America buys and sells sports bets. All right, coming off of the break here, time to get into our picks for the night. Uh, I'll kick it off here with my lock. Uh, let's go. Let me see. A lot of games to pick from. Uh, for my lock, let's go. Let's save that as my dog. Um, for my lock, let's see. Let's see. I'll give out a total because I, I feel like this team is one of the worst defenses. I can see this team putting up easily 130, 140 points here tonight. I want to take the over in the Sixers and the Pacers game here tonight. Over 234 is a number that I'm seeing right now. I know we discussed that Pacers may not put up the points because the Sixers team is pretty good defensively, but I just don't, I can see a world where the Sixers come out and just drop 100 and 3,540 points here tonight against this Pacers squad. And again, 
Joel Embiid should get whatever he wants here tonight, James Harden. So I shouldn't see a problem for the Sixers team getting a point in. Talk about the Pacers. They have some players on this team, Buddy Heald, Tyrese Halliburton. They have some shooters, so I think that they should be able to put up some points as well. So I'll take the over 234 in the Sixers and the Pacers game here tonight. For my dog, I'm going to go with the Memphis Grizzlies. Give me the plus five and a half. Uh, plus 190 on the money line against this Utah Jazz team that is pretty much broken. Um, we talked about how well this Grizzlies team has been playing, even without Dylan Brooks and John Morant. Um, they are, I think, I said either 3-0 and or 2-1 and against this Jazz team so far this season. Um, so those are going to be my two picks over as my lock in the Sixers and the Pacers game, 234. And my dog, Memphis Grizzlies, plus 5.5, plus 190 on the money line uh, against the Utah Jazz, Darrell. Okay, for my luck, am I just going to go chalk? I'm just go chalk. Fuck it, chalk. Give me Milwaukee minus five and a half. This Bulls team is just so fuck, like just so fucking bad against good teams. And no matter how much, it, it like how terrible it is or how much of the money is on Milwaukee or how chalky of a play it is. They always give it up anyway. And so fuck it. Just give me Milwaukee. All right. For my dog. Do I want to give out one of the juicy ones? That would be no, just, Fuck it, just fade OKC. Give me the give me the Trailblazers at plus one sixty. I was gonna be disappointed if you weren't gonna take that. Yeah, give me the Trailblazers at plus one sixty. It's just so is it just seems so automatic that OKC is gonna fumble this after beating the Suns by twenty one points. So yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good on it. I'll take uh, the Trailblazers for my dog and my lock for the Bucks minus five and a half here. All right, there we go. So um, Tuesday night, big schedule here uh, as we wind down the final week of the regular season. Um, we'll be here all week, and then we'll do some big shows previewing the play-in tournament and obviously the playoffs. But still got to get through the season here um, with the final week. A lot of playoff implications, so definitely keep that in mind. Also, some of the player props if you're looking at, it might be a little tougher week just because there's there's points last week where I took Kate and he only paid seven, eight minutes. There's another player prop. I think it was on Valentinus where he played the first half. So, you know, if there are reports out there as far as player prop betters, uh, you probably want to take a look at, uh, you know, if coaches are saying how many minutes some of these guys are going to play. So definitely keep that in mind. Could get a little tricky in this final week of the season. But Terrell, man, last Tuesday of the regular season, bro. Anything else you want to get off your chest before we get out of here? No. Uh is there anything? No, let me just run through my locks real quick. Yeah, go ahead. I locked up what did I lock? I locked up the Milwaukee minus five and a half. I locked up Portland plus four and a half. I locked up the Grizzlies plus five and a half. And I locked up the Suns minus eleven. So yep, there we go. That's gonna be my lock counter for today <sighs> on this large NBA slate. Yep. Let's get it. Know where to find me at really real underscore underscore Instagram and Twitter. And download the SGPN app. Yes, sir. Like Terrell said, make sure to download the SGPN app. Uh, Masters Week, guys are giving away a a, a driver, a nice, a nice tailor-made driver. So if you 
need the details on that, make sure to head over to the Golf Gambling Podcast Twitter account and make sure to follow our Twitter account as well at SGPNNBA. Um, it's going to be a fun week. MLB season kicks off Masters, winding down the NBA season, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, make sure to check out our picks as well. Uh, if anything changes throughout the day, we do up, try to update them on Tally's site over on our website, though embedded sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Just hit that NBA tab. You'll see NBA picks. Terrell has been crushing it on Tally's site. Um, we're going to finish this week strong. I believe that we will. So we will be back tomorrow with the NBA Gambling Podcast with myself and Terrell. Uh, me and Scott are going to do the propcast here in a little bit for today's schedule as well. So definitely look out for that. With that being said, Good luck with your picks here tonight. A lot of locks uh, from Terrell. A lot of stuff that we do like. Hopefully we cash our tickets here tonight. We'll be back tomorrow to recap everything that we saw here on this Tuesday night schedule. Good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Basketball. Basketball. Basketball.